welcome to Start Over, a podcast about starting over in life, in business, in love, in general. We're talking a lot about starting up lately, uh, but uh, we never talk about starting over and I think life has so many changes, either planned or unplanned. So my first guest is uh, Jessica Williamson, um, who is known for her love of uh, the color blue, first of all, and then I think uh, startups and innovation. So you're just after a big change in your career. You left Texas and you've been in that role for so many years, a very close part of your identity and it first kind of hit you. You told me when you went to that conference and they they wrote freelancer on your badge. Yeah, well first of all, thank you for having me. It's an <laughs> honor to be here. I think starting over, not just starting up, is a fabulous topic that's yeah, quite near and dear to my heart at the moment, <laughs> but could use some more attention. and. As I've been going through my own transition, I've realized how many other people are as well, or at least thinking yeah. about it, or anticipating, or trying to. Um, yeah, I did have funny experiences going to two different conferences in May. One was a tech conference in Slovenia, and mm -hmm. one was in Poland. And I really struggled job title and company. I think I'd put Explorer as my title and Sabbatical as my company, something like that. And at one of, or at another conference, it was formerly Techstars, um, but for one of my name badges, it came out Freelancer, because I know they just didn't know yeah. what to put, and they were trying not to leave it blank, so Freelancer, and I mean, I have a lot of friends that are freelancers that are amazing, but for me, it just wasn't, it wasn't me, it wasn't my identity. Yeah. I thought it suggested that I was there looking for projects, and, and quite the opposite, I was there just to soak things up and not look for projects, <laughs> so... It's funny not having the right words. I think uh, it's been suggested fun employed. Yeah. Um. Well, I usually put uh, French fries connoisseur, as you know, in my badges. I went to a school recently to give a talk and they were asking me, oh, how did you plan your career and the changes and all that? And I was like, to be honest, I planned very little. I was just prepared, but I did not plan that much. Um, which is funny, it kind of made me think that, you know, how when you're younger, you think, by this age, I will do that. My life will go, you know, you think it's all linear and it just never is. Out of all the changes, changing countries, jobs, even in, in family situations, out of all the changes in your life, which one would you say was the most impactful? Like, you think that this change really changed my life or to, to say it better, this change changed me. Which was the most impactful change? you think? Yeah, there's been a few of those sliding doors moments where I felt like yeah. life could go this way or this way. Moving to Scotland in 2007 when I finished studying in the US in Chicago, that was probably one of those giant changes. In hindsight, it was quite an easy one. Like that one seemed quite obvious to me that that was going to be my you next direction. I'd studied abroad there for a year. I had a wonderful time, made great friends. I liked the culture and the community. And as an ambitious American, I liked being in a society that was much more chilled and much more laid back. And people were more interested in helping each other rather than trying to compete and have a bigger house, have a better job, have cuter kids, bigger barbecue, all those things. So that was a huge change. Wait, wait. You're 
yeah, that's kind of competition exists. I thought everybody's kind of laid back. No, 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 we compete to be more laid back. <laughs> All right, than, yeah, that, 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 that has a point. <laughs> no, I grew up super competitive, yeah. super competitive. Um, part of that is yeah. is family, and part of that, I guess, is my own wiring or, or you know, societal values. So moving to Scotland was a huge change. Then when the opportunity came up to move to England to work on setting up Springboard Accelerator with John Bradford, that was one of those big, should I stay in Scotland? Should I move? My whole life is here, but I don't know what would happen if I moved. Yeah, obviously you know how that one went. I, I moved initially temporarily for five months. So that was like a easy commitment to make, stepping stones, and then that five months turned into I, I have to say that you are the master of gradual change mm. because you gradually first moved to Scotland to study, then you stayed for a job, then you moved to England, then you moved to Cambridge, and after Cambridge you moved to London. Even now that you left your work at Texters, you had like you decided to take your time, have a long um, resignation, you know, period, notice period, so you have the time to adjust yourself and as well as your environment, I guess, to the change. Uh, is it, I mean, that one, especially the last one, I guess it was planned. Do you feel that this has helped you make sure that this is a right step or is it, what is it there? Why, why do you try to do that? How has it helped you really? It's funny, I didn't even realize that for myself, to be honest, how much I've gone through these changes, but done them in a way that's gradual, I think. I'm quite aware of my own emotions and I can kind of anticipate how different things are going to feel and I want to look after my own like well-being and not put myself through crazy shocks or trauma or regret or whatnot so I tend to figure out like a direction that I want to move and then find a way to make it like okay emotionally comfortable like okay as I went through my struggles of, of different reasons that I absolutely wanted to stay in Techstars loved all my colleagues, loved the projects I was worked on, totally sculpted my identity around that. But at the same time, I was traveling like crazy. I never took time to build a personal life. I barely committed to anything in London because I never knew if I was going to be around. Dating life was going nowhere. You know, I turned 30, I thought it would change. I turned 31, I thought it would change. I turned 32, I thought it would change. And, and finally, you know, I knew I needed to reconcile these two sides and, and it was a battle in my head, all the reasons I wanted to stay and all the reasons I thought it was unsustainable and couldn't picture myself doing anything else. And thank goodness, I mean, to be honest, I think I was in a bubble bath eating a kebab, just like pondering <laughs> the world, trying to figure out life. <laughs> the voices in my head, what do I do, how do I make them work together? And and the idea that I could give nine months notice inside of Techstars kind of hit me and I thought about it. I slept on it for seven nights. I thought, okay, let's see if every night of the week if I still feel that this nine months notice would be a good way to handle things and, and feel right to me emotionally and, and it did and I know it's unusual. The fact that it's unusual didn't really bother me. I am quite an open person, so I wanted to share with my colleagues exactly what I was thinking. And that was the way for me of being able to have closure and completion yeah. on all my projects. And 
mentally prepare to take on a new identity. I didn't know how, but I knew if I had nine months, I'd figure it out. You mentioned identity, and we were talking before we started recording about uh, identity and who, you know, what makes you you. I think I found somewhere an exercise about you should try to write like a paragraph introducing yourself without using any of the tags like that I am Greek or that I am what I do for a living. Like oh, wow! And I thought like, and it was, and I started doing it, it was so hard taking out no hashtags? Yes, <laughs> hashtags, out your hashtags was hard, man. Uh, and uh, I guess is it always a challenge when you go through a change? It, I mean, it's always an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself as a completely different person. But how do you make sure through all that that you are still you? And yeah. determine like, who, you, who you are after all? It's funny, when I think back, and this is a bit embarrassing, but anytime I even started to fill out like dating profiles, <laughs> I usually wound up writing 90% about what I, what I do for work and why I love it so much. And in the section about hobbies, I would be like, oh, hobbies. I had hobbies as a little kid. <laughs> like I genuinely couldn't, you know, consciously tick any of those boxes. I'd be like, I go to comedy shows sometimes, but actual hobbies I don't really know and so I have no idea it's something I became aware of that if you'd asked me to write that yeah. summary of myself I wouldn't I wouldn't have known what to write loves blue <laughs> loves blue love popcorn love yeah. dumplings corn dog yeah so yeah food and it's not that I feel like I lost I never felt like I lost my sense of identity I just felt like my identity was a little bit imbalanced, yeah. lacking, that I hadn't given myself space or time to to stay committed to like activities that I cared about, even just being there for friends more, I didn't feel like I was... Yeah, so, sometimes I think it's also taking the time to think about that, that identity, or sometimes even what you're doing, like it's so easy to go through the motions. And, you know, we talk so much about meditation these days and being quiet and all that. But, okay, you have that, say you have that quietness, but then it's time for the questions to think, what am I doing? Am I staying true to myself? Am I on the right path? Um, so I guess it can also be overwhelming, though, when you do take that step back and then all these questions start hitting you at once now that you have free time. How do you balance that? Now, how, how long has it been that you're on sabbatical? So, I gave my notice last March, end of mm -hmm. March, nine months notice. I wrapped up end of December, and then I finished a couple projects up till like January 5th. Right. <laughs> so, since, since, January. since January. So, it's been almost six months. I don't even six want to say months. that because that sounds scary, but five and a half. Let's All say right. five and yeah. a half. You have time. <laughs> you're young and beautiful you have time beyond your love period to answer all that but how did you did was it like a little bit overwhelming I don't remember feeling overwhelmed to be honest I had I made up in my mind three goals for this year or for this nine months period it just felt to me like I wanted a few big things to focus my energy on so that was going to Antarctica yeah. number one um, buying a house in Slovenia, number yes. two, and then 
learning to do latte art, All right. number three, and I just thought to myself, if I get to the end of 2018 and I look back on the year and I think, what did I do with my, my time, my free sabbatical time? I thought, if I genuinely accomplish those three things, I'll feel like it was time well spent. I'll feel like I, as a person, got things done, had adventures, learned new party tricks, got some new skills. And I think I really try to resist the temptation of making a giant, giant, giant list. Yeah. I think the most overwhelming part is all the feedback and advice from other people and questions that other people throw at you. What are you gonna do afterwards? But what if this, and what if that, and here's something you should do. And um, I loved hearing from people that had had their own sabbatical periods, what they got up to, what they enjoyed, what they wished they'd done differently. And so like tons of people opened up to me about their own experience. But I think for me, I know I can be like a list person, like 30 things to do before I'm 30, 31 things to do before I'm 31. And I, I tend toward this like project management style, even just for every day of my life that I wake up, like it's, yeah. I try to resist. Yesterday I had a huge list that got through them, felt amazing, but I don't want every day of my free time to be like that. Yeah. So by picking... You need to, to leave a little room for adventure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just by having those three big accomplishments that I knew in my heart I would feel comfortable if those yeah. were the only things I did this year, um, helped me stay focused and sane so that I didn't feel the pressure of everybody else's questions, thoughts, suggestions, because they come from a, yeah. typically they're coming from a place of trying to be helpful. And so it's sad when those questions then become more crushing than supportive. Yeah, I know, I know. Through the times that you know you go through many changes, you have all the other people saying stuff, it's hard to keep, you know, a constant positive uh, way of thinking or your morale up and this and that. How do you do? Do you have any little tips and tricks? Like we're talking about breakup rituals. Do you have any little rituals that can keep you strong mentally to go through changes and kind of keep going to what you decided to do, to stay true to your goals? Yeah, I think time with friends has been a huge, huge, huge help and I'm quite open with my struggles. I'm not someone if I'm having a bad day or bad week, bad year, I don't, I don't keep it to myself. Yeah. For me, I have to share it. And so like spending time with friends along the way and talking with my family, sharing what's going on and being able to bring humor into it. And I think that's one of the best things friends can do is just help you laugh or get through things by, I don't want to say making fun of them, like acknowledging their big issues, but being able to laugh anyways. And you've helped me a lot with that, that's for sure. Um, I definitely try to do things that that I know I love. I love dumplings, I love Chinatown and dim sum, and if I'm having a shitty week, you could definitely find me having dim sum on the weekends, or finding brunch somewhere for some good avocados and eggs. Um, yeah, I've got my breakup rituals in a, in a separate, separate <laughs> bucket. <laughs> Do you feel that you had changes like that, that you know, maybe you were like thinking a little bit about it and then you know, even if you postponed, even if you didn't take the initiative, like that changes had to happen in your life and one way or another it happened? 
It's funny. I tell myself sometimes, as I'm sure we all do, oh, just wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. That, that job 11 years ago where I said something really stupid in an interview, just wasn't meant to be. Or that potential dating opportunity that just crashed and burned, wasn't meant to be. But to be honest, I'm not sure I really believe that. Yeah. I, I don't have all my worldviews, you know, of life fully uh, laid out. It's something I tell myself, but I'm not sure I believe it. I feel like we do have so much control over things. And yeah, certain things were, were going to be toxic or weren't going to be the right match or weren't going to bring out the best in you and that you were going to figure that out eventually through one mechanism or another or one conversation or another. But I don't have a strong sense of, of fate or destiny. I think it, I used to love reading the Choose Your Own Adventure books as a kid. Yeah. If you make this decision, turn to page 56. If you make this decision, turn to page 102. I didn't like reading books cover to cover. I wanted to just read in random order, make my own, choose my own path. I think of life a bit more as a choose your own adventure book. Of course, everybody, you know, starts in different places and opportunities are far from equal. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that, but I personally don't have a strong sense of yeah. Fate or death. Yeah. Well, this was meant for me or X, Y, Z. It feels that way sometimes, and I still tell myself that. Yeah. Just because it feels better. I mean, it's nice not to have the responsibility for a second. <laughs> uh, do how about your gut though? Do you trust your gut, or has uh, has it been like your guiding life in a sense? I do trust my gut instinct quite a lot now. I think that was something I learned more or felt more strongly like when I turned 30, for no reason. I just felt like, I'm 30, I, I know what I think about this. Or, you know, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I, I know how I feel. I've got enough experience to know how I feel. Yeah. This, this isn't right, this isn't good. And maybe there's times where I've seen or felt something and ignored it and then it got worse later. And I was just like, see, I knew it. Or I, I told you or I told myself or why didn't I do something sooner? So, seen enough of those things played out that I do trust my gut and if it's wrong it's wrong and I'll forgive yeah. myself I think I don't beat myself you up you can always choose things. another adventure right? mm, yeah. turn the page I think that's page. something uh, good to remember that you can always start over again even if you're <laughs> in the middle of a start over <laughs> yes so tell me a little bit about any kind of resources that you had to help you through. we talked about having conversation with friends was there any podcast because i know you started listening to podcasts as well oh yeah i was such a late adopter of podcasts i love one called beautiful anonymous by chris gethard it's just different people call in from around the world somewhere and they just chat for an hour he just picks one oh, and they just chat I would be disappointed. I thought it would be like a series of inter interviews with ex pageant beauty queen. Oh, I'm sorry. I love this world. Anonymous beauty queens. <laughs> Anonymous beauty queens. It's like people watching, but to the max, people listening. Mm. And so, yeah, I love that one. And, and you hear people's different problems and issues yeah. that they've been through. And since they're anonymous, they talk quite openly. So even if you don't feel like you have the right set of friends or peers or people to approach to get experience what you're going through, like just listen to some beautiful anonymous episodes. They're amazing. Then more recently I got into Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Oh, me too. Okay, okay. And uh, then another podcast called Women Rule, which is just 
women that have wound up in all sorts of different career paths, yeah. but hearing them quite openly discussed. Tell me what's what's this? So it's I also, a notebook. Do you start journaling? I started journaling. And you know what? A lot of people do that when they go through a change and they find it super helpful. Even last week, even this weekend. I don't write every night. I only write when I feel like it. But it does help me just feel like... Like when I wake up and my head just feels congested with too many thoughts or frustrations or unexpressed emotions. Then I just... Go to the coffee shop, channel you know, it into the notebook. When I was a kid, I could never write a notebook. I don't know if it was like Parania that it would get to the hands of my sister and she made fun of me. Aww. Or, I have to be honest, that was not that. As a kid, I was certain I would become, and I still kind of am, I become a super important person later. Yes. And I, I didn't want when I went like famous people to see my journal. You just burn them. <laughs> Yeah, well, then the internet came along, and okay. I'm thinking like I'm doomed from my internet. <laughs> so I don't worry so much about that. But uh, how do you start? You just start writing your feelings. What was your day? What's yeah? I mean, I just thought. What is I usually it? start with dear diary. I used to spend, I think, a little too much time like writing out what happened, like the situation explanation. Here's what happened, and somebody else mentioned there in their diary they just focus on how they feel. Like how they feel about what happened. And I thought, oh, that would save me a few pages and make it like a little bit more efficient to get out what I need to get out. So I usually try to focus less on documenting, here's exactly what happened, and just focus on, here's what I'm feeling. Like, yeah. And I just need to express this. So do, do, is it more uh, putting these things down on paper or is it reading back sometimes? Um, I mean, I enjoy reading back, but that's yeah. more just for fun. It's yeah. putting it on paper. And then figuring out what I'm going to express to other people and what I actually just needed to put on paper. And that's right. fine. That's I fine. like that. I like that. All right. Now, let's go to the last one. Uh, how luck happens. So using the science of luck to transform work, love, and life by Janice Kaplan and Bar Barnaby Mars. Uh, we've talked about this book before. Um, <laughs> yes. Luck is, is a tricky one. It really, I feel like a lot of stuff in my life happened by luck. I believe in, I believe in luck. Do you believe in luck? I do. I believe in luck. But I also feel like it happens more and you're more luckier if you're more active. Funny, I never thought too much about luck before. People were always just saying, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you live this charmed life. Man, things just always work out for you. Like. You're stuck in the middle of a highway and a car just magically drives by, you know? So I first read, Richard Wiseman had a book on luck too. And then, then I read this one, both super helpful and realizing that there's different behaviors you can do and different attitudes you can have that will bring more lucky encounters or experiences into your life. And understanding that and digesting like what types of behaviors and what types of attitudes. And just like you said, putting yourself out there more. And I mentioned earlier, like I'm super open about my problems or I'm having such a shitty day or like, I'm quite honest about these things. And I realize now that gives other people the chance to help me through them. So if I'm like complaining about something that's driving me nuts, something I'm struggling with, something I don't know how to do, I'll vocalize it. 
and then magically out of the sky, somebody will fall into my lap who's prepared to help me do something. And it's like, okay, no, they didn't just fall out of the sky to solve my problems. I put myself in situations where I was bumping into them. I took the risk of being vulnerable and being open about what I was struggling with. And chances are I helped them or their friend or their dog in, in some way in the past over the last many, many years of trying to be a helpful person. And so people are quite quick to reciprocate or just to channel good energy my way. So when people say like, oh, you're so lucky, I'm like, that's nice and I'll take it. And I pick up all the lucky pennies I can find on the street. That's but true. I look at it as like, mm -hmm, you could be lucky too, like if you just... Yeah, you can learn to pick up that penny because it's a penny today, it's a million tomorrow. Um, what would be your advice if somebody came to you now and said, you know, Jess, I feel like I need to make a change in my life. Like I feel like it's, it's stale, I feel like I'm not refilled, I want to make a change, it's time to do something. Uh, what would be your advice? I love those conversations because it's so exciting when you feel like you can't unblock, you know, the, the road to moving forward and making that change. And as I think back to what was most helpful to me, um, one friend, Annette, said over brunch one day, like, you're not stuck. And it's funny, but that, like, you have options, you're not stuck. These life changes you want to make, these ways that you want to shake up your work-life balance, all that, you're not stuck. And reminding myself, actually, that I have way more freedom than I even realized. Um, I think I heard of something recently, like, you have more freedom than you are using. <laughs> so you probably think you're stuck, and that's probably not true. Realizing that is helpful. Seeing other people that made way crazier changes than I was planning to make, so... Same Somebody I chatted to had gone through a divorce and closing down a company and and that he was still standing and strong and comfortable and just said, look, like you just have to take it one, step, one step, step at a time. And having comforting words come from people who'd made bigger changes than even I was looking to make suddenly put my change in perspective. Like, oh, I'm not trying to like walk across lava with alligators attacking me. You know, it's a very manageable change. And once I put together my own transition plan in my head, and I quite like making and executing project plans. <laughs> so that part came naturally to me. Then it felt like, oh, this is just a project that I need to carry out. There are steps to move forward rather than this is a giant unknown and an identity I don't know how to change how can that possibly be something I mess with if I'm not a tech stars person in the morning I'll be so empty what am I gonna do okay how do I put a plan in place that a makes it a smooth transition within tech stars felt really solid and awesome yeah. about that be a personal transition plan so that I have an identity when I wake up in the morning yeah. I did start going to the gym two weeks ago Nice. For the first time regularly in over 10 years. Getting some balance. Yes. Yeah, physical and, I think and mentally. Just, it has made me feel stronger recently. I have no idea if that would have helped before or not. I just 
wasn't wired that way. I feel the turning can you see point. Your muscle? I can see that. I feel like the turning point for that was when we went to uh, was Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. You, we left the cinema so determined, but you followed through. I I I barely done ten squats after that movie. So I need to me. get back on track now. But it only took me six months. It's never too late. Never too late. Never too late for a change. We're gonna leave you with that. Thank you so much, Jess, for being the first guest. A big round of applause, everybody at home. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. Yeah. you wherever you're listening this we give it a big round of applause for Jess it's been amazing thank you so much for your time and we're looking forward to, forward to having you again and talking more about changes and how it moves along excellent and good luck to everyone <laughs> you can do it thank you everyone this was uh, another episode of uh, start over stay tuned I will leave links everywhere below uh, with more information of the on the things we talked about uh, and any questions ideas please send my way see you <laughs>